Hi there, welcome to the world according to AJ1. I'm AJ1 and today I'm going to be talking to a good friend of mine. His name's Chris and he's also the author of something called Logical Monkey. Chris, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good. We've been trying to do this podcast for absolutely ages. I think we must have tried to do this about three or four times now. Um, hopefully this one will work. Um, so we're obviously not in the same room because of social distancing. Um, so how are you finding the lockdown, mate? I know you were having a bit of a few, you know, wobbles in the past, but you, you seem to have come through it now. Yeah, it's um, for me. It's been an interesting experience. I know that a lot of people have not had a good experience with it, but um, for me, I've been quite lucky. I've been able to work from home without interruption. Um, I've had loads of extra time with Nikki and the kids. Um, yeah, and it's it's been all right. It's been, I mean, I think six months after we go back to the office, we'll be thinking, bloody hell, I'd do anything to be able to work from home. Yeah, <laughs> mate, I've, I've absolutely, I've absolutely loved it myself. Uh, I'm still feeding back as well. Can you just turn me down a little bit? Um, I thought. I've really enjoyed it. It's been one of those things where I've got to see the kids. Obviously, I'm not loving the uh, you know the the death and the the reason why we're locked down, but the actual being locked down and being able to watch the two kids grow up and spend time with Claire and stuff has been really good. And I, like you, I've been lucky enough to you know continue work all the way through. So it's actually been um, an opportunity to you know I, I was explaining to someone the other day. Normally, I'd spend a lot more time. Um, traveling to and from work and missing out on time with the kids whereas now yeah that time's not wasted I, I wake up and i'm instantly playing with the kids until i go to work just switching the laptop on so and uh you've been very creative during this period of time mate logical monkey do you tell us about that I have, yeah. yes i um i've always been a bit of a writer uh, since the age of about i don't know um 13 maybe before that um, but I hadn't actually written anything for several years. And uh, I thought, well, sat around quite a bit, why not? So I decided to write Logical Monkey, which is um, a bit of serial fiction uh, with weekly episodes that are coming out. So it's something I can do on a weekly basis. I can just put it together and then just put it out there and see how it goes. So... Um... I've been following it. I've been listening to it on Spotify. That's my chosen way of uh, um, getting it. I know you, you have actually put it down as text as well on your website, um, but I've been listening to it on Spotify. And I've got to say, it's not that I, I wouldn't listen to it had I not been your friend. The reason being is because I'm slowly shitting myself. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I'm forcing myself through each episode. Just because I'm, you know, we're mates. Uh, I mean, the writing is very good, and I love the fact that they all interlink. Um, so, what what made you come up with the idea for Logical Monkey? Can you give us a, some background about what the story is about? So the it's kind of um, the convergence of a few ideas. I think for about for the last ten years, uh, in my head, I've had this idea or concept of logical monkey, um, which is the idea that we're all actually just animals 
um, pretending not to be animals. You know, we oh, you can't possibly say that. You can't possibly do that. Yeah. Um, you can't possibly uh, live out of your natural impulses because uh, we're something more more special than a than the other animals out there. And it's a bit of a joke, really. But um, the concept being that you know what would happen if everyone just started to live out of their urges and impulses yep. <laughs> like animals do yep. um, so that kind of concept has been knocking around my head for about 10 years and I've tried to kind of write various stories um, probably more serious in nature than logical monkeys now um, but you know I wanted to write something a bit more fun so so there was, there's that concept and then there's this idea of how everyone's lives um cross over each other um, in unexpected ways in reality. And I wanted to kind of experiment with that by having multiple characters um, whose stories all cross over each other. So I just wanted to kind of experiment and bring together those two ideas. And that's how we ended up with Logical Monkey. So I don't know if, that, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And um, there is a um, a blog post that I read of yours. I'm reading all your material, mate. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hooked. But um, I, um, you've obviously got sort of, you know, central characters, you know, uh, Candyman, Carlo Frey, Percival, Tittleworth, Silas, you know, all of these, you know, really, um, uh, without blowing too much smoke up your ass, because we are friends, um, they, they they are sort of all you know quite round, well rounded characters you know there's there's a lot you, you, I feel that there's a lot of um, depth to them all um, and also the fact that you've got sort of very good artwork as well that sort of accompanies each episode which makes me you know sort of almost visualise how the characters are interacting um, I also find it hilarious that it's set around Solly Hall where we used to work together um, so you know I can visualise some of the places. Um, so, but obviously, you, you sort of, um, you, you know, your your main protagonist really is um, Morag Black, the witch. Do you want to talk about her a little bit? Yeah, Morag is. Um, I wanted to also kind of create a blur between reality and, I suppose, almost like fairy tale. Um, you know fairy tale stories I guess you know so there's a witch in there called Morag and um, she's a fairy tale witch you know quite stereotypical but made worse by the fact she likes to snack on children <laughs> um, <laughs> so she needs to do that to uh, sustain herself because she hasn't got a physical body yet mm-hmm. so her whole initial aim in the story is to regain the flesh to take physical form because yeah. when she does she'll be much more powerful so it, the story hasn't quite got to that yet but it's building building up towards a bit of a war um, for her to get, regain her flesh and for certain people to try and prevent her from doing so yeah. um, so I kind of visualise her as that traditional fairy tale witch you know green skin big warty nose <laughs> hideous um, but I wanted to make it a bit more horrifying. I want the reader to fear her. You know, I want, to, want them to think, "Oh God, you know, here comes Morag," um, and start shitting themselves when the uh, 
episode comes up. <laughs> Mate, I fear... Just... I see the episode come through and I'm like, oh God, I'm going to put my seatbelt on. <laughs> Get a spare pair of pants. Um, so um, you've got, uh, so obviously you've got all of these uh, these characters and I, I thought it was really clever how um, it sort of bases itself around a particular event, but then it shows each side of the story. I thought that was really good. Um I'm going to say, uh, well, I'd like to know which character out of all of them, and if you could do a brief description, as long as you don't see yourself as fucking Morag, um, which one, which, which character do you see most uh, like yourself? Which one uh, is really sort of, you know, which one would you uh, most associate yourself with? It's interesting, actually. I was having this conversation with my social media um, consultant the other day. And I think there's, it's hard to put my finger on it in some ways, but I think there's a, a part of me in all of those characters. Um, I'm not really sure about Morag. Um, I've always had a fascination with like horror as well, so, so maybe that's just, she's just um, an embodiment of that. But uh, there's aspects of Silas um, in me, I think. There's bits of Tittleworth. Um, so Silas, for example, his hate of bullies is definitely something that, that I've got. There was an incident, um, there is an incident coming up in this next episode, actually, that's coming out hopefully tonight. Yeah. Um, about, given some backstory about him and why he hates bullies. And there was an incident sort of at school. I was never like heavily bullied or anything. But there was an incident at school where there were a few sort of lads sort of giving me a bit of hassle and I lashed out at one of them. Um, I'm not condoning violence I am. too much. Um, <laughs> it, it was with some art implements okay. that I lashed out with. As long as it wasn't a hammer. Story, but he, he was in... Um, uh, like design technology and he has a club hammer in reach <laughs> nice um i've got to be honest silas is the character that i most like to read about um mainly due to the excess alcohol that he drinks and also uh, there's one scene where he's um saving percival uh from a, a bunch of bullies and uh he sort of quotes the number 206, which I sent to you, and disappointingly, you didn't know what I meant, but he shouts out 206, and uh, yeah, I keep saying it, and all the bullies are looking bemused, and then he says there's 206 um, bones in the human body, and um, you know, and it sort of yeah, it was quite intimidating because he was basically saying I'll I'll break the first one, and then and see how long it takes to break them all, and uh, I text that to you, and I went love it 206, and you're like. Don't know what you're on about, mate. I was like, oh. <laughs> I think I was in the middle of something at the time, and I was like, uh, uh, what's going on? Um, but yeah, I, I think Silas is, is fun to write. He's a, he's a good character. You, you get some characters that you just really have fun um, sort of imagining, I suppose, and putting it down. When I write, I tend to write for an audience of one, which is myself, so I kind of write what would I like to be reading? Yeah. And do you think, is a question for you then, do you think there's a an aspect of yourself in Silas and that's why you kind of identify with him? 
Uh, I fucking hate bullies, so uh, there's there's probably that angle. But also, I'll, I'll tell you why I like it, because I was thinking about it, because I, I listen to it when I'm driving to get Finlay, my little lad. And um, the other week, uh, it was a, a Silas episode, and I um, I knew what he was going to say next. And I think the reason why I knew what he was going to say next was because he reminds me a lot of the gangsters that are in uh, Guy Ritchie films, you know, Snatch and things like that. And oh, I, yes. I said what he said just before he said it, and I thought, I know this character really well. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, and maybe it's because I know you as well, and, it, you know, it's all, it all interlinks. Um, but it, I think it was, I mean, it was only one phrase. I think it was like, you know, no fuck off or something. But it... <laughs> I, I knew what he was going to say and how he was going to say it. Um, I, I mean, I see you as uh, the Percival character. Really? <laughs> the, 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 the dog that's turned from a man to a I'm hoping it's the dog characteristics you can see. <laughs> uh, no, so... Um, but for, I mean, for me, I, I think if I was to look at so when you first sent me the book through, um, sorry the the the, the artwork, uh, which is excellent by the way, I um, I saw the picture of so the first episode had got Tittleworth on, and I really could see you in Tittleworth, um, like as in the character, and I thought it was just going to be a very bog standard romp of Tittleworth through um, his life, you know. I, I couldn't really grasp where it was going to go. And I was really impressed when it did go, you know, so many twists and turns. Um, I, I was going to ask you the question, um, you know, it, because it's serialised, did you write them in advance or have you, are you just sort of like writing them every week? How's that going? Because obviously I, I sort of write a big bang book and then the book's out, whereas you seem to be releasing small sections. It's good, but like I just wondered how you go about the process. It's um, it's been a bit of an experiment. So to start with, I'd, I'd actually written thirteen episodes. Okay. So I've still got two episodes in the bank, but I found that as um, as I always find with my writing, it actually kind of comes alive really. So as your as the story progresses, it starts to write itself, and it's not how you thought it would be going. Um, you know, so I've had to go back and rework previous episodes um, before I've published them. Um, um, And I've kind of found that trying to release an episode a week whilst keeping all the threads of the plots in my head and writing an episode that's about 13 episodes further on wasn't working. I just couldn't, I couldn't keep handle on everything that's going on. So I've kind of, writing in advance and I've gone back and I've been rewriting those 13 episodes and releasing them as I go Okay. so I've got another two episodes and then I'll just be churning them out every week Um, it is quite a bit of work in the sense that I tend to write a first draft Um, you never publish the first draft, it doesn't really kind of work, there's loads of gaps um I have to. I've got detailed character profiles in my in my notebooks. I have to go back over that episode with that profile in front of me and say, "Would Silas really say that? Yeah, is that in line with Silas in his character?" It sounds like a full time job in itself. Sorry. 
It sounds like a full-time job in itself. It feels like it. <laughs> um, so my question is, have you got a... Uh, so you said you've got notebooks, but have you got a uh, like a map of like the interactions on a timeline or anything like that? Um, what I've got is... Uh, I know that, if, that the listeners won't be able to see this, but I've got you on um, the camera, so I've got this... Um, journal here yeah and in there i've got um i've got what i do is i i write it in clusters so a cluster of chapters so i'll think um like the first cluster it was about a situation that happened at the daily grind coffee shop Mm -hmm. Uh, you'll probably remember um and i've wanted to tell the same situation from the viewpoint of all of those characters that were involved so that would be a cluster of chapters so i knew what was going to happen at that point so i've got detailed notes about that cluster and i'd have an idea about what the next cluster is coming up okay you're a bit um, you're a bit choppy there mate I've got framework notes about the characters you were a bit choppy Sorry? there but i'm just gonna i think i'm just gonna surmise what you said so you've got like um almost like each thing that happened around a per, uh, an event is sort of documented and then who's involved and what would come next and all of those in that journal. Um, I've got a question for you. Is uh, the Daily Grind Cafe Nero in Solil? Yeah, it, yeah, it was. The old Cafe Nero, you know, um, the one that was based in the middle of the square. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was, it was that one, yeah. I thought it was. I, um... I used to love... I have actually pictured. I used to love going there. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> We're having a bit of technical trouble here. I I um was picturing it at the old Cafe Nero, uh, the one around the corner, um on the the high street. But I, I that's where I've pictured it in my head. Not that it matters now, but it's still um you know it's still nice to have the the mental imagery. Um, right, I've got some more questions to ask you, and hopefully the technology will catch up with us. Um, you're not doing some like heavy downloading of DVDs or something while, while I'm on this call, are you? <laughs> um, I, was, I was hoping you weren't mentioned it. This is the uh, part of me that's more red black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, one of the consistent things I've noticed during the... Um, uh, uh, the the story is that you refer to something as high class candy, yeah. And when yeah. I first heard it, I thought, is that slang for drugs, as in cocaine or whatever? Um, but then it seems that every reference is about high class candy. You never reference drugs. Uh, one is that on purpose. Two is candy drugs, and three is the more to that to come. <laughs> started writing the uh, the story and I was um, I was expecting there to be more of a blur between real life and the fairy tale element of, of the story you know the witch and all that and class A candy was was going to be the drug of um, this kind of world or, you know in my story um, uh, but I decided to keep it even though things haven't yet blurred that much so it is it is a, like a stand-in for drugs cocaine or whatever i guess um i didn't want to be out there writing about cocaine all the time 
So um, glass A candy and sherbet, you yeah. know, being hardcore, <laughs> hardcore sugary substances. Um, yeah. You're right. It is. Um, I think going forward, there are going to be other elements of like fairy tale stories that are coming in. You've got things like the witch. There's um, there's the Institute of Politically Approved Opinions, uh, which obviously doesn't really exist. It's a uh, Quango. <laughs> <laughs> I love a Quango. Um, so, um, uh, how has um, your um, how's it been received so far? I mean, obviously, you've got you know your regular listeners as your friends and stuff like that. How's it going? You mentioned a social media person. How's that going? You know, what what's uh, what's occurring with your readership or your listenership, whichever way you look at it. Um, okay, so um, with with this side of things, you know, we're starting small. Um, readership's growing. <laughs> it is growing. Um, um, I'm putting out the audio material as well, so I've got a small audience growing on Spotify and other channels. And um, I've got I've got Instagram, Facebook starting to grow, but it is early days. Yeah. Um, I've hired a social media expert called Becky. She's brilliant. She's, she's brilliant. really sort of taking the ball by the horns. I'm letting her run with that, and yeah. she's getting the results, which is great. Yeah. But what I'm really kind of after is a highly engaged audience. You know, I want I want a two way dialogue with the readership. Yeah, uh, that isn't quite there yet, but uh, I'm hoping that's going to be something that starts to grow I soon. Th- hopefully, I think it will grow, mate, because obviously you're sort of opening all the channels to be able to discuss it. And um, yeah, there's been a few times when I've sort of posted a comment, and then someone else has posted a comment about it. So I think I think it will grow, but I think it, a bit like the characters and the story. It's just sort of getting into the flow of being able to have that two-way. Because normally a story is quite passive, isn't it? You just listen to it and then that's the end. But the fact that you want people to engage... So, obviously, I'm just going to say this now as a quick plug for you. Listeners, go to search for Logical Monkey on Spotify. And also, um, it's uh, www.cdroberts.me. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, cdroberts.me. Yeah. But, so... I've got a few more questions about the story and then we can talk about other bollocks. Um, <clears throat> so, I'm going to tell you now, I read the bonus material, Poppy Reed. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, for, people, for the people at home listening, um, this was uh, quite possibly the most disturbing thing I'd written, uh, read in a long time, mainly because I avoid actively avoid horror. And also, I was just searching for the happy ending, and I was going to ask you, is there an happy ending in this story at all? Or is it just more, you know, more darkness, you know, for me to sort of, you know, lose sleep over? I think there will be more darkness, um, as more, more black, you know, I don't want it to be an easy win for the, uh, the protagonist. I want it to be a fight mainly um, with the odds stacked against them. I want it to be a hard fight against her to stop her doing what, what she's going to do, and it's going to be a close call. Um, so there's, there is going to be more darkness. Um, but, you know, it's all part of the fun. I actually had to tone down that Poppy Reader episode. <laughs> 
If that was toned down, you've got a darker mind than I could ever have imagined. Um, <clears throat> and so, obviously, you know, you've you've sort of, you know, you've got this. It was an experiment. It seems to be going quite well, from what I gather. Um, have you got any plans for other stories, maybe in another universe or in the same universe that might sort of, um, you know, be a standalone piece or even something else that would be a, like a spin-off? some thoughts and ideas that have started to um, crystallize over the last month or so. Um, I think I'm going to be treating Logical Monkey as um, almost like a box set on Netflix. I'm going to do maybe two or three seasons. Okay. So this is season one that we're on at the moment. Yep. And there may be about 50 episodes in that season. Okay. Um, and then there'll be season two and three. In between, I'm going to have a go at writing some other things. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to be putting out blog episodes on the website um, about um, that's going to have things like how I write. Um, it's going to have character profiles about yeah. characters. I'm going to write one about the illustrations. Um, you know, I might a good idea that my social media person uh, had was that I could do fictitious interviews with the characters. That sounds good. And kind of have that, yeah, different, isn't it? You know, have the transcripts yeah. um, and ask them questions, you know. That sounds really good. Um, <clears throat> I'd be interested in, in reading those, actually, especially one about Silas. I, I've just got an affinity with him. Um, so just, um, where was what was I going to ask you? So you've got these serialised, your serialised fiction, and then you've got your sort of, you know, your idea that this is going to be season one and, you know, all of that um, good stuff. Um, and I wanted to say to you, I saw something on your website, which was quite unique, but it was quite a good, um, good thing as well in the fact that you can, um, buy you a coffee. Now I'd never seen that, um, sort of functionality before. And basically it was saying, if you like what I've written, you can buy me a coffee. And I was thinking to myself that the phrase buy you a coffee is a lot more than asking for a donation. You know, it seems less because it's a coffee and you'd spend it every day. If you ask me for £3.50, I'll tell you to piss off. But since you asked me for a coffee, I thought, <laughs> all right then, you know, I'm going to take pity on him. He's obviously not had a drink for a while. I'll get him, I'll get him a coffee. Um, so I just wondered, you know, what made you have that idea? And two, uh, have you had many coffees bought for you? Um, the idea was... I want to put I want to put this writing out as free, so my readership doesn't have to pay for the. Um, I, I think I, I don't think it would do very well if I started charging people to read stories they knew nothing about, you know. Yeah. So I, you know, I want the um, I want the material I put out to be fun for the for the audience, free. I don't want it to cost them anything, um, you know, and I want them to get value out of it. Maybe if I can make someone smile on their commute to work fantastic you know i don't want to, i don't want to monetize that you know so um but i thought you know why not kind of if, if people really did like what they're reading and they fancied leaving a tip or a coffee or you know a pound there a pound there whatever um you know they could do that through this app you know on someone else's site and i thought yeah you know that that could be right if no one bothers, that's that's equally fine. I'm not really expecting money um, anyway. Yeah. I suppose it's a bit like a busker or, or a tramp with his hat out <laughs> on the street. 
It's a bit like that. Yeah. Um, and have I had many coffees? Um, not many. <laughs> okay. Well, I bought you one. Um, <laughs> you did. Thank you very much. Yeah, but I, 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 I bought that before I knew that it was going to scare the life out of me. <laughs> Yeah, I want the coffee regurgitated back to me. <laughs> um, I've got to say also, thank you for mentioning uh, my band, The Motive, in one of your episodes. That was a real treat. If there's an opportunity for me to kind of use music, actually, um, maybe I could uh, use your music. I could, what about the audio, the podcast side of things? I could. Uh, yeah. Have you got a, like, some songs that I could use on there? Uh, I think so. I mean, we've got some darker material. Uh, not darker, but uh, definitely more heavier material that you could use on there. I mean, um, Becky, who's, you know, we, we're using the same social media person. Uh, she's um, uh, put uh, one of our band songs on uh, my little videos, you know, those um, World According to AJ1 videos. So that the, the, the latest ones have got our songs on, which is really nice. It's just, just ties it all together nicely, I think. Um and uh, yeah, it, we'll, we're going to record a demo over the next sort of week or so, uh, and so we'll be putting that out. And I think one of the songs may lend itself to it. I mean, it's called Amy. It's about Amy Winehouse, but it's a bit darker than our normal stuff. So um, I'll keep you posted on that. That'd be really good. Um, yeah, I was going to say to you that it feels um, it feels weird that like obviously me and you have had different businesses in the past together and separately. And it feels funny that we've sort of almost gone full circle and we've both started writing roughly at the same time. Um, for us to have this, like, sort of, you know, at the moment, this podcast is going out on my channel about your channel. You know, it's just weird that, like, how, how things... Again, it's like your sort of interlinkedness of the logical monkey is sort of almost linked to us in a way that has, I don't know, been serendipitous, really. It's a big word, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Well, yeah, I, I really liked it. So, um, so you also do uh, on Instagram, which I, I've, I've been watching, is your um, your stuff about like your mini adventures, your your sort of escape artist stuff. How, how's that going? Um, yeah, so so in my spare time, I do a lot of hiking, um, long distance routes, and um, things like that. A bit of camping here and there, and a bit of cycling. Because uh, of lockdown over the last few months, I, I literally um, have stuck to the rules, you know, and I've, my walks have consisted on a mile or two round the round a block, really, and I haven't really got out much. I'm quite eager to have all this lockdown lifted and, you know, get back out there on the trail. We've, yeah. um, I go with a few mates, and we tend to do, like, long-distance routes that you have to break, either doing one long go where you camp overnight on the way yeah. or you break them up and do them in chunks yeah um so we've done about 20 odd miles on one we've got 10 miles left on that route um but we haven't been on that route for about six months now yeah i'm eager to get back out there and finish it i've got to be honest mate, you have to not, come with us. Uh, mate i'd love to come with you because you always seem to be eating bacon sandwiches in the middle of the wild <laughs> That's why we've got to do the long distance hikes to work off the fat. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up looking like the Candyman. Yeah, that. So he's your um, he's your your um, obese character in the. Uh, is that the one who you're going to end up like if you uh, do much more lockdown? Um, yeah, he, he's um, he's got obese because he keeps sampling his product, the Class A candy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and so I was also going to say to you, how's your um, how's your beer intake? And the reason why I'm asking is because I've um, this year I've decided I, I, I've started to not drink as much. I've gone on to low alcohol beer, and I just wondered how much beer you're consuming during this uh, lockdown period. I don't think I've had one bit. I've progressed to the hardcore stuff. We're we're going for gin at the moment. <laughs> so so your alcohol intake's up. It's just that your beer intake is down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm hardcore, mate. You still look quite thin. Um, have, have you supplemented it with a heroin addiction or? <laughs> Class A candy. Class A candy. Um. And so, um, but uh, like you mentioned, your wife and uh, kids are they all right? Everybody happy? Like you know, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like the lights at the end of the tunnel now. I mean, do, how do you feel about it all? Yeah, we're all okay. I think people are a bit cheesed off, really. You know, they want to get out. The kids actually ask to go back to school, <laughs> which is which is a good thing, really. Yeah. Um, Nikki's all right, um, but yeah, I, I can see light at the end of the tunnel. Um, the vaccinations are rolling out. Um, it's just a matter of time before it's safe again. It's a hard 12 months, but once we're allowed out again, just think how good it will be. I know. You know, things that it took for before, like, I don't know, going and having a bacon sandwich at Kukin's Cafe at Hobbs Moat. Yeah. Um, or um, going swimming or to the cinema. I know, yeah. So it's going to be like, this is the best. We, I just hope... So, apparently, um, the last time that we had something this bad was the Spanish flu. Uh, and then the next uh, years that followed were like the Roaring Twenties where everyone just sort of got together and lived it up. And I'm really hoping that we get like the Roaring, you know, Twenties. You know, it's the Twenties again, isn't it? Um, you know, get the Roaring Twenties back and we're, we're all sort of, you know, partying, hopefully. Um, I've... Uh, I, I don't think I've. Uh, I used to think that I think I've already said this, but I used to hate the cinema, um, and now I'm just. Des- I'd love to go to the cinema. I would absolutely love a chance to go to the cinema. Just leave the house, do something different. Um, you know, as much as you know, like I said, I'm enjoying the being at home and you know not having to go into workplace. I think it's the social aspect of seeing your friends without it. You know, like me and you, we've been a bit pixelated in this. There's been a, you know, times when you send it like a Dalek and stuff. And, you know, I just want to be able to see people in the flesh, have a, have a beer, just relax and not worry about anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. It is going to be brilliant. We'll have to get together for a, uh, a gin and a beer or something soon, mate. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. So I'm going to, like, um, you know, call it t- to close. Is there anything else that you wanted to say? Do you want to give you, your, your website and uh, your uh, Spotify a plug before we go? I know we've already said it, but worth saying again. So it's Logical Monkey <laughs> on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, and what's your website? So, yeah. Website is https colon backslash backslash cdroberts.me. Um, you can get all my writing on there. Um, logical Monkey on um, uh, Instagram is just the Logical Monkey. Um, also on Facebook, just search Logical Monkey. You'll see a picture of Morag Black drawn there. Do you know um, what, mate? I mean, you just saying the words colon colon backslash has done it for me today. 
service <laughs> <laughs> right so um thanks chris roberts um I'll, you know it's been good to talk to you um uh this has been the world according to aj1 um have a good one <laughs>